know if you caught that in our readings today, but I read that this past week and I just thought, how timely is that? Listen again to Paul writing almost 2,000 years ago to a church community in Greece, but he might as well be writing this to us today. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Did you catch that he begins with rejoicing? Finally, brothers, rejoice. You might be saying, Father Mark, America is crazy right now. The world is a mess right now. Why should we be rejoicing? But isn't that what we've been doing? The church, that is? Isn't that what the season of Easter is all about? Rejoicing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Rejoicing in the victory of life over death? Rejoicing in the victory of light over darkness? Didn't we recently celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ? Didn't we rejoice that that Jesus ascended to heaven and that he's going to return again and he's going to set the world right? That's why it's so crazy right now, because the kingdom fully hasn't arrived yet. And last week, just seven days ago, didn't we celebrate Pentecost? Rejoicing that the spirit of Jesus is given to the church, rejoicing that the gift of the Holy Spirit lives in every baptized Christian. And today, Trinity Sunday, a major celebration of the people of God. So yes, brothers and sisters, rejoice. But then what follows in Paul's letter? Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. If Paul is saying, if, if, if Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, aim for restoration, then something has been broken. If he's saying comfort one another, that means that there has been some discomfort or suffering. If he's saying agree with one another, then that means there have been disagreements or conflicts or even violence. Something that was true 2,000 years ago is still true today. Something is terribly wrong, and how do we fix it? Several years ago, there was a very successful businessman right here in Fort Worth who was told that he just won a very prestigious award. And there was going to be a, a banquet in his honor the following weekend, and he was asked to give a speech at the banquet. So being a very successful businessman and family man, he had no time throughout the week to work on his speech. Saturday, the day of the banquet arrives, and in the morning he tells his family that he needs some peace and quiet to get his speech done. He goes into his home office, tries to begin working, and of course, not 10 minutes later, his seven-year-old son comes in and says, Dad, I'm bored. He says, okay, go play with your brother. Obviously, five minutes later, there's yelling and screaming and crying. So the dad goes out there, he calms the situation again, he grabs that tablet and says, here, just play on your tablet for a little bit. Goes back into his office to work on his speech. Of course, 10 minutes later, the seven-year-old comes in again. Dad, I'm bored. Will you play with me? Dad's getting frustrated, right? He's getting frustrated by now. So he picks up the magazine on his desk. He starts 
thumbing through it, he sees one of the pages has a big, brightly colored map of the world. So he rips out that sheet. He says, here, son, take this and follow me. They go to the living room. Dad takes the paper back and he just starts ripping it up into dozens and dozens of uh, pieces. He says, now, son, if you can get the map of this world right, I'll give you $20. The dad goes back into his office thinking that he just bought himself a whole lot of time. So 15 minutes later, when the seven-year-old comes in the office, the dad was shocked that the map of the world was right. And he says, son, how did you do that so quickly? The son replied, well, when I had the paper, I saw a picture of a man. I guess the other side was the world, and I just thought it would be easier to work on the man, and I figured if I got the man right, I would get the world right. The dad was silent for a little bit, and he just pulls out a $20 bill and says, thanks, son, you gave me my speech tonight. Friends, if, if we get Jesus right, if we get our view of Jesus right, we get the world right. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, gives us the perfect view of humanity. If we get Jesus right, we get our world view right. So let's go one step further. If we get God right, if we get God right, we get the world right. As I mentioned today, today is Trinity Sunday. It's a day that we rejoice and we we celebrate that God is three in one, that God has revealed himself as one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The reason that this is so important is because God in himself is a community of persons in love. The Father is giving himself to the Son who gives himself to the Father and they are united by the bond of love, the Holy Spirit. God in himself is a family, a community of persons in love. The Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loves us, creates us, redeems us, raises us up from natural beings to supernatural beings with a supernatural end. Brothers and sisters, we have to know that God, our Father, loves and creates us. We have to know that Jesus God the Son loves and redeems us. We have to know that God the Holy Spirit loves us and lives in us. If you are baptized, if you belong to the household of faith, you are one in whom God dwells and delights. That's foundational. That's something that we can say every day. I am one in whom God dwells and delights. You are one in whom God dwells and delights. The reason the Trinity is so important is because we were made in the image of God. Every person was made in the image of God. Every person that has lived, is living, and will live is made in the image of God. Every person is an image bearer. And what a mess we've made of things. What a mess I've made of things. I don't know about you, but I've been experiencing all the emotions the past few months. Anger, rage, brokenhearted, 
anxious and worried, afraid, depressed, but also hopeful, peaceful, optimistic, challenged, encouraged, knowing exactly what to do and not having a clue what to do. And it does seem the world is crazy right now. Senseless deaths of unarmed black men, rioting and violence, pandemic, millions and millions unemployed. But what else have we seen? Peaceful protests, more intentionality of removing racial boundaries, healthcare workers risking their lives. I think most days I've seen someone go out of their way to help someone or at least try to connect with someone. So the idea is still out there. The idea that everyone is made in the image of God, that idea is still out there. And if you get God right, you get the world right. During the Easter season, we've talked about some of the very first Christians, Peter, Stephen, Paul, and and how the witness and the goodness of God and, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has changed the world. And I want to single out Paul here right now because he wasn't always Paul, was he? Let's remember, he was Saul. And in his flesh, he thought the best thing to do was to bring violence on other people. His hatred of the way led him to search out those who disagreed with him and put them in prison, or worse. Scripture says that he was breathing murderous threats. And then hopefully we know the story, right? He was confronted by Jesus. He was challenged by Jesus Christ. He was given the grace of Jesus Christ. So suddenly, very suddenly, Paul had to wrestle with this idea of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it made all the difference in the world. He had to wrestle with it. But Paul got God right, and then he did his part to make the world right. In case you didn't know, Paul authored 13 of the 27 New Testament books, and perhaps none is more loved and studied and revered and quoted as his incredible letter to the Romans. And in our worship services here, we're going to be reading a lot of Romans during the summer months. So beginning next month, the next week, we're going to start walking down the Romans road. Paul, rejoicing in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, is going to be talking to us about some very important topics like reconciliation, like life in Christ, life in the Spirit, future glory, God's everlasting love, gifts, grace, salvation, hugely important topics. So here's what I'm asking for you. To get ready for the Romans road, I'm asking that you read Romans chapter one through four at least one time this week. I did it a few days ago, did it earlier today. You know how long it took me? Less than 10 minutes. You have 10 minutes next week? Of course you do. Read Romans one through four at least once next week, if not a couple times. And then I wanna share this too. When I was on Facebook, experiencing all the emotions, asking myself, what can I do? Several brothers and sisters had posted this. 
I've made this part of my daily prayer. My daily prayer time, I include this prayer attributed to St. Francis, and I encourage you to do the same. You can take a picture of it right now, or you can just Google a prayer attributed to St. Francis, but pray this every day, and then listen for what God tells you next. Be open to the Holy Spirit who is guiding and directing you, and then let's get ready to walk down the Romans road. Let's pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is error, truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may seek not so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive, it is in parting that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.